Good morning, everybody. It is Pastor Paul here on a windy, stormy Tuesday morning, January 9th. So if you hear some clattering in the background, if you hear some strange noises above me, no worries. It's just the roof of Four Oaks blowing off. No, Lord willing, hopefully that's not the case. But even if it is, we're charging forward in our weekly devotional this morning. And so we, of course, are in Matthew 14 and 15. We are tracking with the sermon for this upcoming Sunday. And as we're unpacking this uh, passage together, Lord willing, you're getting a glimpse into um, how I am approaching the text as I'm preparing to preach so that, Lord willing, you can also get some, uh, some insights into some tools for you to use in your own personal Bible study. And so the context here, of course, is Jesus has just fed the 5,000. He has just walked across water. And now we are seeing how, on one hand, the crowds respond to him, and then on the other, how the Pharisees and religious leaders responded to him. And the two responses could not be any different. So let's read and let's jump in for this morning. So we're starting in Matthew 14, verse 34. And when they had crossed over, they came to land at Gesenaret. And when the men of that place recognized him, they sent around to all that region and brought to him all who were sick and implored him that they might only touch the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. Then Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, why do you, your disciples, break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat. He answered them, And why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God commanded, Honor your father and mother. And whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, If anyone tells his father or his mother, What you would have gained from me is given to God, he need not honor his father. So for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God, you hypocrites. Well did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. And he called the people to him and said to them, Hear and understand. It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a person. Then the disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? And he answered, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be rooted up. Let them alone. They are blind guides. And if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. But Peter said to him, Explain the parable to us. And he said, Are you also still without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. So when we finished yesterday, I, I gave you a little bit of an assignment, right? I told you to go check in your commentaries or your study Bibles or your tablet um, some of the, the sources or backdrop um, for some of the conversation here. And I want to begin to work through those issues together so that we can get a better sense of what's happening here. Okay. 
So, so first, and I mentioned this yesterday, just notice the stark um, contrast between the crowds and how they're approaching Jesus and the religious leaders. Here you have Jesus um, who has such the power of God and presence of God about him. He is God, of course, that people just have to be near him, just have to touch his garment and they are healed. And, and people are, are coming to Jesus because of this. They want healing. On the other hand, you have these Pharisees, this emissary that's come from Jerusalem, and they are not there. Um, they don't, seemingly don't even care what, God, what Jesus is doing in the name of Yahweh, the, the way he's blessing the people, the way he's healing them. They, they come to him with a problem with something that his disciples are doing related to ritual cleansing. And, and so, so again, the responses could not be more stark, and that's the way Matthew is describing it for us. And so we have to ask, what in the world has, you know, it's, it, use this example. So Jesus is healing the sheep of Israel. They're being transformed, they're being healed, they're being anointed, they're, they're being restored. And, and Jesus is that shepherd. And the Pharisees show up saying, we don't really care how you've been helping the sheep. Um, we just care that your garment is a little bit dirty from all your work in the field. It, it's the equivalent of that, right? So what is this thing that the Pharisees are talking about here? Let's look back at the text. Verse 2, why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? Okay, so what are they, what are they talking about here? Well, we know that in ancient um, Israel, there were, there were two bodies of knowledge used by the religious leaders in leading and teaching the people. One, of course, was the Old Testament, the Torah, um, the Law and the Prophets. Um, th this was the authoritative teaching for the people of Israel. It is what has been entrusted to them. To, to walk in covenant faithfulness. And it was the job of the religious leaders to teach the people and guard them and direct them into the paths of righteousness. So early on, what began to happen is that there was such a zeal on the part of the religious leaders to make sure that they were doing this right. They constructed, and probably the best way to talk about it is, a, is like a commentary or a, or a study aid um, to the Old Testament called the Mishnah. And this is where um, the religious leaders wrote down what, what, we, what came to be known as the oral teachings or tradition of, of their teaching. Again, these were not part of the Old Testament scriptures. They were simply meant to be a help, a guide, an aid um, to helping people obey them, okay? However, over time, what began to happen is that this body of knowledge of writings, the Mishnah, the commentary on the Old Testament became on par or level or just as authoritative and sometimes even more authoritative than the Bible itself. Okay, We might call this legalism. Um, we certainly can, can, add, can, can think about what it means to add to the, to the commandments of God, for example. And this is what was happening for them. And they had certain rules around ritual cleansing, okay? 
So you had to wash at a particular time before you ate or before you worshiped. And of course, we know that ritual cleansing was important under the old covenant. However, the things they were asking the people to do and the things they practiced went way beyond scripture, okay? Such as it was when it came to eating, okay? There was all kind of dietary laws and cleansing laws. There's your, there's your thunder right above us. Um, and, and, and apparently Jesus and his disciples were not bound by this, the teachings of the mission. They were bound by the teachings of the word. And so um, they apparently were not going through all the ritual cleansings that the Pharisees thought were proper for a disciple or teacher and his followers of Yahweh. And this is what they are taking Jesus to task for. And this is behind their questions. Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? Okay, that's what it was, a tradition. It was not a requirement from the Old Testament. And Jesus answered them, and why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? Okay, so now Jesus turns the table on them. He's saying, um, you're, you're taking us to task for breaking a non-authoritative man-made rule, while you, on the other hand, are breaking the clear commandments of God and up in order to hold your tradition. And he gives them an example of this, okay? So look at verse four. And Jesus here is quoting from the Old Testament, honor your father and mother. Of course, this comes from Exodus 20. Uh, this is, the, or, or Deuteronomy 6, the, 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 this is the fourth commandment, okay? Honor your father and mother straight from the word of God. Whoever reviles mother or father must surely die. This is a quote from Exodus 21. However, when it came time to fulfilling that in their own lives, these religious leaders, and so it was a, it was a, it was a major responsibility, of course, as parents age for their children to take care of them. Well, when it came to the families of the Pharisees, what oftentimes would happen is that their parents would be in need, but they would say, I'm not able to help them because I don't have the money to help them. The money that I would have um, used to help them has been set aside as an offering to God, okay? Um, look at verse 5. But you say, if anyone tells his father or his mother what you would have gained from me is given to God, he need not honor his father. So Mark tells us that this offering, okay, that that people would make on behalf of God was called korban, okay? It means set apart. It was a, it was a vow. And, and so it was meant to serve the people of Israel in a way they would say, God has blessed me with a certain thing. Now I'm going to devote this amount of this blessing to God. I'm going to take a vow to him that I'm going to use this for him. Well, <laughs> what happened is that the religious leaders, um, found a way to use this to their advantage. So they had plenty of money, but they would say the money I was going to use to help my parents is now Corban. I, I've, I've set it aside for the devoted things of God. But it, what it really was was not a desire to do something for God. They just held on to the money. It was a desire not to spend it on their parents. And so they were taking one of the traditions of their Mishnah teaching, and they were using it to circumvent the clear teachings of the word of God. 
And Jesus says, you're on me for defying an extra-biblical command, while you yourself use these extra-biblical commands to gut the heart out of God's Word, okay? That was what was happening. And here's Jesus's um, assessment. Look at verse 6. So for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the Word of God, you hypocrites. Well did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, This people honors me with their lips, but in their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. And of course, this is a quotation. It's actually two quotations. The first is from Isaiah 29, and the second is from Ezekiel 33. And these are all those prophecies or words from the, from the prophets were given in the context of people who were offering their sacrifices, they were going through the motions, but deep down their hearts were corrupt. And this is, in essence, Jesus's charge against them. He's saying, everything you're doing is for show. You don't care about God. You don't care about honor. You don't care about holiness and ritual cleansing. What you really care is about yourself and your control and your authority and your prestige and your money. And I can tell you, God's not having any of it. They are worshiping me in vain. Now, just a brief application point and we'll be done. A lot of times we think about taking the Lord's name in vain in terms of cursing, but the commandments do not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. It's number four, honor your father and mother is five. It's not just talking about cursing. It's talking about any time we irreverently treat or tread upon the name of God, his honor, his glory, when we have hearts far from him, when we dishonor him with our actions, right? So it goes way beyond cursing and more to the heart. And an application point for us is even as believers who are going through the disciplines and rhythms of the Christian life, how do we always maintain a sincerity of heart that we're not simply doing things to do them or doing things to be seen by others or doing things because um, it assuages our conscience in some way, but are we doing things out of the heart because we truly want to honor and please God? That's what Jesus is pointing us to. Now, we're going to get into more of the heart dynamics that Jesus is referencing here when we come back here tomorrow, and I hope to see you then. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we don't want to be people who are going through the outward motions all while our heart is far from you. And so that's why we're asking for your help, your mercy, your grace, your forgiveness. Incline our hearts to you that we might walk before your face. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody. See you tomorrow.